joining me for another episode here on the podcast. It is a bright and early morning, and I'm getting a head start on today's episode. And guys, it's really cold here. All of a sudden, it just the cold front just came in this past week, and now we have like ice and frost, and it's cold. It's really, really cold. <laughs> I love the seasons. But I'll be completely honest, I was really, really loving my fall runs as opposed to these cold, frozen winter runs. (laughs) I left my sneakers out yesterday, and when I went for my run this morning, my sneakers were frozen. Guys, it's not fun. (laughs) I'm super grateful for the weather changes. They're all so beautiful, but I'm just trying to adapt right now, and it's a little harder than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. if you live on a farm you kind of understand that with cold weather comes ice cracking and frozen buckets to the ground and you know frost on the electric fences and it's just yeah you guys understand if you know what I'm talking about but anyways on another note I'm super excited about today's episode we're actually going to be talking about some preparation for advent believe it or not advent is only like two-ish weeks away and so that's exciting for me I'm really really season so I'm really excited for that but uh, I thought I would do a bit of an episode on kind of how to prepare for Advent but I before we begin I have a side note about um, some Advent resources that I wanted to tell you guys about just because um, they're on or you can order them now but in a little bit they'll be out of stock and we won't be able to get them till next year for Christmas um, it's a program that Essential Presents is doing it's called Rejoice and it's super cool guided meditation and they have like all of Alexio Divino and like um, points of meditation and contemplative prayer points and they also have like videos that go along with the sessions and so I actually got that for my dad for his birthday and so our family is going to be doing it um, as one of the programs that we do throughout Advent so I'm super excited for it I think it's going to be really really good and I'm excited to see the presentations and just to kind of take a breath and uh, talk to God in that beautiful liturgical season. So yeah, if you guys are interested in doing something like that with your youth group, with your family, any of those kind of uh, groups that you want to do, if you just want to do it by yourself, um, I highly recommend that you get on the bandwagon and go ahead and get that program from Ascension Presents. Again, it's called Rejoice and I highly recommend it. So yeah, I would head on over there and check that out. But uh, before we begin today's episode on Advent and all of that amazing, awesome stuff, uh, stuff, wow, okay, I wanted to start off today with a glory story, so let's get into that. So my glory story for this week is actually a prayer, and the reason why it's been my glory story is because God has been speaking volumes to me through it and I have found it to be a source of strength a source of understanding and just a moment to lean into Christ and so I thought I would share it with you guys because it's beautiful and the title of it is actually called learning Christ which is just kind of really awesome and I was like yeah let's do it so I'm gonna read it for you guys I just uh advise you to kind of just take a moment and just say God I'm gonna take a breath I'm gonna take a break God, just talk to me, okay? Um, I'm yours right now. I open up my heart to the docility of your spirit. And I allow you to do whatever you desire within my soul, within my heart. Lord, just just come upon my 
my heart and give me um, the reverence and the peace that I need to accept you. Okay, so we're going to pray this prayer, and I'm just going to share it with you guys because I just love it so, so much. So, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teach me, my Lord, to be sweet and gentle in all the events of life, in disappointments, in the lawlessness of those I trusted, in the unfaithfulness of those on whom I relied. Let me put myself aside to think of the happiness of others, to hide my little pains, my little heartaches, so that I may be the only one to suffer from them. Teach me to profit by the suffering that comes across my path. Let me so use it that it may mellow me, not harden me, nor embitter me. That it may make me patient, not irritable. That it may make me broad in my forgiveness, not narrow, haughty, and overbearing. May no one less be less good for having come within my influence. No one less pure, less true, less kind less noble for having been a fellow traveler in our journey towards eternal life. And as I go my rounds from one distraction to another, let me whisper from time to time a word of love to thee. May my life be lived in the supernatural, full of power for good, and strong in its purpose as sanctity. Amen. My Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So yeah, that's been my glory story for this week. That prayer has just been, man, it's been a rock for me. I have just kind of anchored myself to the words that are in there and just kind of the melody of it that uh, speaks to my soul right now in a very beautiful way. I love the the part in there that speaks about as I go my rounds from one distraction to another, let me whisper a word of love to thee. I love that part because it's a reminder that so often our lives are full of just one distraction after another and that sometimes we just need to remember to whisper a word of love to thee and actually as I've started to pray this prayer over the past week, I've seen in my own daily life, as I'm going from one distraction to another, I've seen um, little uh, signals or little reminders just to whisper a word of love to God. And so I'm super grateful for all of all of these um, kind of uh, signposts, you could say, of just remembering God, remembering His greatness, remembering His love, and just remembering that He is the true purpose of our lives, that He is to whom we shall go. So yeah, that's my glory story for the week. I'll have this prayer in the show notes if you guys are interested in reading it. So let's get on to today's episode. Okay, so in today's episode, I wanted to talk about fasting. Now, you're probably like, Emily, why would you want to talk about that? That's kind of a really boring topic. Okay, but if you think about Advent, a lot of times Advent is celebrated, well, it's exactly that advent is celebrated it's it's a celebration it's a constant you know feast and uh joyfulness and celebrations and and all kinds of greatness because it's exciting and you know we're preparing for the birth of our savior and the coming of christ and so advent has always been really really filled with a lot of festivities and also just you know everything that goes into you know the christmas season but i was thinking about advent in comparison to lent And I was thinking about how both experiences um, are a preparation for the coming of Christ in two different ways. Um, The first Christmas is the preparation, or Advent, I should say, is the preparation for the infant child who is born to life, born into the realm of of humanity, who is born to our fallen state, um, even though he he himself was perfect. And the second, um, Easter Sunday, 
is when Christ rises from the dead and he's brought to life again. So both instances have an intriguing parallel between life and the coming of Christ's life. And so I was thinking about uh, the entities that go into the Latin period as we prepare for the the resurrection of our Lord and how there's fasting and there's penitential acts and it's, it's a moment of kind of, I guess you could say, spring cleaning for the soul of where you kind of you purify yourself and you prepare yourself so that when Christ does rise on Easter Sunday you have a place to celebrate him you have a place to rejoice in him and I was thinking about why I I was kind of like well why don't we do that for Advent like Advent is that same kind of we're preparing for Christ and and while there is obviously nothing wrong with celebrating the coming of Christ and rejoicing in the coming of Christ um I noticed there's not a penitential side to Advent and I think there needs to be. I think there needs to be moments of fasting and, and acts of purification so that when Christ comes on Christmas, we have a place to put him. We have a, a manger prepared in our heart for him to lie. And so I kind of wanted to talk about fasting because Advent's coming up here in just like a couple of weeks. And so I figured it'd be a good practice that we could all put into um, action during Advent, and I wanted to talk about a little bit of fasting's fruits and kind of its biblical roots because I know not a lot of people actually understand fasting or they um, have heard about it, but it's never been explained in detail. So I just kind of thought I would talk about it. So to be honest, I know a lot of people that absolutely hate fasting, um, <laughs> and I know a lot of people will find ways to get out of it. Um, <laughs> My brother used to do that. He would be like, well, I'm 14, or I'm younger than 14, so fasting doesn't apply to me. Um, You know, there's all kinds of excuses we can make. Um, And people can say that they're doing different kinds of penances, like abstaining from social media or or certain parts of certain kinds of food, like sweets and stuff. Um, But the the reality is that, you know, fasting is, it's kind of all or nothing, guys. You know, and fasting is going to be uncomfortable, but like, I think we forget that that's the point of fasting, um, that you don't want your, um, you don't want to be overcome by your um, fleshly desires, you know, also known as your concupiscence. And, you know, I, many people try to offer up small sufferings and unite with Jesus on the cross. Um, but there's some beautiful words, uh, St. Alphonsus Liguori, um, that I wanted to share with you. And, and he says this, he says, he that gratifies the taste will readily indulge the other senses. For having lost the spirit of recollection, he will easily commit faults. Um, he goes on to say, I want to have a strong backbone. I want to grow in self-mastery. I do not want to be a slave to my passions. I want to embrace the attitude of St. John Chrysostom, who said, Fasting is wonderful because it trembles our sins like a dirty weed, while cultivate and raises truth like a flower. End quote. So that's a beautiful reflection there by some um, beautiful saints that I want to share with you guys just to kind of open up this topic because I think a lot of times we can, I think we can overthink the whole fasting thing. I, I think we just, we overcomplicate it and it does not need to be that way. So let's talk about some of the biblical roots of fasting. Um, again and again, the Bible encourages actually the practice of fasting. I mean, let's look at the Old Testament, you know, as early as the second book of the Bible in Exodus um, and, and even, you know, the prophet Elijah in the book of Kings, you know, we read about Moses's fast in the desert, which was a time set apart in order to dwell in the midst of God's glory on Mount Sinai when he wrote the Ten Commandments. And we see in Exodus thirty four twenty eight, 28, um, 
So Moses was there with the Lord for forty days and forty nights without eating any food or drinking any water, and he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the ten days. End quote. So we you know, we also know that the Jewish people in the nation in Israel kept fast on the Day of Atonement, also known, you know, in Jewish culture as Yom Kippur. And so there's many instances like this that tie into like for instance Leviticus sixteen thirty that says for on this day atonement is made for you to make you clean. Of all your sins, you will be cleansed before the Lord. End quote. So the temptation the Israelites experienced in the desert, it, it foreshadows how the 40-day fast of Jesus in the desert, it, it foreshadows that 40-day fast that Jesus in the New Testament experienced in the desert. So uh, moving to Deuteron Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, verse 2, it, it specifically says that, Remember how these 40 days the Lord your God has directed all your journeying in the wilderness so as to test you by affliction, to know what was in your heart to keep his commandments or not. Is that not so beautiful, guys? Like, is that not so powerful that the Lord is going to test you by affliction to know what is in your heart? Will you keep his commandments or not? Like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. I think a lot of us have um, distractions a lot of us have impediments in our heart that need to be cleared if we're going to have a place for Christ to lay his head whenever Christmas season does come. Um, and this, this time of fasting that, that can be applied to Advent can be a, a moment to be able to be tested by a small form of affliction, by hunger pangs, by denying ourselves the desires of the flesh to keep his commandments and, and to show what is in our heart. Now, I know a lot of people, they're all like, well, New Old Testament, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't apply anymore. Jesus has filled the old. So if you're one of those people, we can go to the New Testament. There's many instances in there as well. So we'll just hit on that right now. <laughs> you know, it's it's not the things of the world, namely food and drink, that are bad. Okay, I, I want to put that out there. You know, everything that God created is good simply because he created it. You know, so therefore, when we fast... We're not giving something up because it's bad, but rather we're giving it up because it is good. You know, it wouldn't be a sacrifice. You know, if I was to give up, um, what, what's something I don't like? Uh, if I was to give up um, broccoli, I don't like broccoli, guys. I'm not a broccoli fan. If I was to give up broccoli and I'd be like, yo, I'm fasting from broccoli. Is it going to be that impressive? Is it going to be any uh, act of purification for me? Is it going to be a sacrifice? Of course not. I would gladly give up broccoli any day. It's when we give up the things we love. For instance, giving up peanut butter. <laughs> if I was to fast from peanut butter, um, something I like, something that is good, um, then then it's it's a it's an act of purification because it's it's an act of sacrifice of giving up something good that you actually enjoy and, and it helps you practice self-control and it actually helps you um cultivate um resistance to temptation so that you are actually in turn strengthening your own will through a simple act of fasting let's turn to matthew uh, chapter 4 verse 2 where it says then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil, and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. Okay, there's one instance in the New Testament, but there's also Galatians 5.24 where it says, Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. So that goes back into what I was saying before earlier about how um, it's, it's a, it's a um, denying yourself uh, the desires of the flesh, to grow in self-control and to give your will further 
in a relationship with God where he can satisfy, satisfy the places where you were filling with passions and desires that were never satisfying. If you go to Romans 8.13, it says, For you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So there is just some instances in, in uh, the New Testament where it points to the importance of fasting. And, but not only the f- importance of fasting, but also the importance of denying yourself the desires of the flesh. The desires to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. To enjoy the goodness that God has put here. And it's not to say that you're never supposed to enjoy it. But I think by sacrificing things more, you learn to appreciate them more, right? It's, it goes back to that saying that, you know, you don't know what you have until it's gone. Um, and, and I think that's so true for instances like fasting. Like, you may not realize how much you appreciate a certain entity or how much you love something or how good something is until it's not there. For instance, <laughs> when you decide to give hot showers for Lent, you, re- you don't ever think twice about, that hot water in the shower that you get to enjoy when you take a shower until it's not there. (laughs) See what I'm saying? So it's just about, not only is it about purifying your heart and getting rid of things that that are distracting you from the coming of Christ, but it's also about just learning to to control yourself, to not be a slave to your desires or to your passions. Um, Let's talk about the spiritual fruits of fasting because I think this is something that's not talked about enough. And so I want to talk about it for a moment. Um, fasting brings governance, for one. Um, I had once heard a priest talking about fasting in this particular way. You know, he said that as humans, we have a rational soul, which is made up, you know, of the intellect and our will. And within that, we also have freedom. And we fast because by practicing, because by practicing looking at something we desire, like, for instance, a piece of chocolate or something, and saying no to it, we're actually working out our spiritual muscles, okay? So we are using our, our God-given intellect and our God-given will to say no to something good so that when when sin does present itself as something else we desire, we have the strength to say no. And, and it leads to us doing so more easily, okay? So, you know, when we are then doing these entities, which I just mentioned about what the priest was saying, when we're strengthening our spiritual muscles of saying no, <clears throat> we are then bringing honor and glory to God by using our intellect and will to govern our desires. Therefore, you're actually overcoming a portion of concupiscence. How cool is that? Like, talk about warriors, guys. <laughs> but also, um, another entity of fasting, a fruit of fasting, is that fasting makes room. Um, I think for a lot of people, a very challenging but tangible way for you to refocus your gaze on Jesus is by fasting from your phone, fasting from devices. Now, we have to remember, fasting doesn't just have to do with food, right? Fasting has to do with anything um, basically, yeah, a- anything. Fa- you could fast from anything. Um, ha- have you have you ever been one of those people that forgot your phone or something on your way to work or school, or you imme- and then you like immediately panic, but then like later realize that not having your phone actually kind of served as a, a moment of retreat to like be away from it all. I think too often people allow a little screen to suck them away from the beauty of the present, and people look through the screen as an observer of someone else's life someone else's reality instead of um seeing with with their own eyes the wonder of their own life you know in in each moment when i i think when if you ever face in a moment with an inclination to reach for your phone just be reminded that you can use those few seconds to pray hail mary or to look out the window in gratitude for god's creation so 
just remember that when, when turning to your creator, um, you will never be left feeling anything more than peace and rest. Um, also, let's move to the question of when to fast. So, you know, as Catholics, we are required um, to fast during the holy season of Lent. But in addition to this, um, the church also teaches us in the Code of Canon Law that we are supposed to fast each Friday of the year. Um, I think it's paragraph 1250 that, that reads that abstinence from eating meat or some other food according to the prescripts of what the bishops have decided in conference is supposed to be observed. So while the practice of fasting during Lent and on Fridays is laid out for us by the church, you know, we can practice the spiritual discipline at any time of the year. You know, fasting doesn't always have to be an intense day or two small meals or one large meal. You know, fasting can be anything. It can, it can include saying no to dessert or to adding cream to your coffee. You know, my dad is kind of, he's really sweet, <laughs> okay? Um, whenever we go places, <clears throat> like wherever he might take us kids somewhere, and he's not with mom, like when him and mom are separated, and he has coffee, he will never put cream and sugar in his coffee. He'll always just drink it black, because he only drinks cream and sugar in his coffee when he's with mom. So when he's not with mom, he fasts from those little delights in his coffee because it makes him appreciate more whom he loves and whom he has his coffee every morning with um, and I just think that's just like a perfect example of one small way to fast to remember and to be grateful you know for the gift of what you are partaking in so I think a lot of times people say that fasting is like not eating anything for three days, but guys, there's different levels, different ways. You're, you have different um, abilities and different wills, and so you have to find what works for you. I know, for instance, you know, uh, this is something that could work for you. You, know, you just, just, you know, you just choose to, like, for instance, um, think of a prayer intention on your heart and choose to say no to your flesh when you are faced with a temptation of the of the flesh. Um, just small acts of denying your passions. It can help you notice that you're calling to your heart and to your mind, Jesus, a little bit more each time because he will come into those places where you do have temptations, where you do have desires, and he will satisfy them in the way they need to be satisfied. And I think that is a perfect way to prepare for his coming, whether that be Easter or Advent. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Um, so I think a question to keep in mind is, is the Lord asking you to say no to something through this practice of self-denial, you know, he is calling you to himself. And just it's, it's important to remember, like, what is he inviting you to wonder in, right? All right, so that's pretty much it for today's episode. I just want to share that little tidbit about fasting just because we are going into the Advent season. And I think it can be a time of penitential actions and just a time to prepare a manger in our heart for the coming Christ. I wanted to end with this awesome prayer that I found, um, guys, I've been finding a bunch of awesome prayers lately. It's called A Prayer for Faith, and I think it's a great prayer to keep in mind as we're going into this Advent season, because I think so often we, we say that Advent is, or Christmas is the coming of Christ, and we say that Jesus is born in a manger, and we say that the story of nativity is real, but I don't know if we actually always believe it, because if we actually did believe that the divinity of God, the word incarnate, came upon the world and joined us in our fallen humanity, I think we would live a lot different than we are right now. It's a radical reality that so many of us know of, but we don't understand the depth of it. We don't understand the um, objective truth of it. So let's pray this prayer, guys. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we believe. We wish to believe in thee. Let our faith be full and unreserved. Let it penetrate our thoughts and our way of judging divine things and human things. Lord, let our faith be joyful and give peace and gladness to our spirit. And dispose of her prayer with God and conversation with men, so that the inner bliss of its fortunate possession may shine forth in sacred and secular conversations alike. Lord, let our faith be humble and not presumed to be based on the experience of our thoughts and of our feelings, but let it surrender itself to the testimony of the Holy Spirit and not have any better guarantee than in docility to tradition and to the authority of the magisterium of the Holy Church. May our lives be lived in the supernatural, full of power for good and strong in its purpose of its sanctity. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode here on the Promethean. Perspective. Again, if you guys are interested in a good Advent program for your family, I highly recommend the Rejoice program that Ascension Presents is doing. And I look forward to enjoying that with my family this Advent season. But until then, I hope you guys are all...